Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We are very, very honored today to have Brother and Sister Piercy with us. And about 12 years ago, uh, our lives, our paths crossed, and they were here with us. And and uh, then for them to be back here today is just a great, great honor. We're happy to also have Brother Piercy's nephew, Josh, with us who has bought a piece of property uh, very close to here out on the river. And so we welcome you to the neighborhood when you're in town. They doesn't live there full time, but we welcome you to, to, uh, to the neighborhood and glad you're here with us this morning in service. And, uh, you know, there are just people that you meet in life and it just takes a little warm up period. You kind of have to get to know people and, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Life affords us and oftentimes, thankfully, time affords us the privilege to be able to do that. And then there are people that you meet, and just the, just the moment you meet them, it just seems there's no hedge in the way, there's no barrier. It just seems that somehow, even though statistics and facts would disprove that, but it just seems like you've known one another a lifetime. And I feel very honored today to say that that was just our feeling about Brother and Sister Piercy. When you meet them, to know them and meet them is to love them and appreciate that. The Spirit of the Lord, I've always said, that the spirit of a man, the spirit of a person goes before them. And uh, so I certainly appreciate their spirit, and we are very, very thankful they're here. And uh, I uh, appreciate what I think that the Lord is going to do in this place. Amen. I hope that I know we've been up and we've been down, we've laughed and we've cried, and we've had a, a wonderful time, but church is not over. Amen. I'm thankful for the word of the Lord, and I'm thankful for the preacher. Amen. Would you stand with me today and let's just welcome again to the pulpit the preacher. God bless you, Brother Piercy. Take your liberty in the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? How many of you feel Jesus here today? Anybody does not feel him? We've got ushers that'll Come and help you through this. I think I see the lady that has checked me out at the hardware store. Susan, is that? It's a good thing I was nice to you, huh? I, I saw some come through the register there that weren't very nice. They've changed their computer system at the hardware store. And, uh, uh, it's been giving everybody fits, including Susan, and sometimes there's a wait process and all of that with the customers, and I saw a few that weren't obviously spirit-filled people. <laughs> well, maybe they were spirit-filled, just another spirit, but it's good to see her, good to have my nephew here, Josh, and uh, my dear wife back there sitting by him, keeping him company. And uh, it's just good to be here. You may, you may be seated. 
Uh, if, if it's all right for me just to kind of warm up here for a little bit and say how much I have uh, enjoyed from last week our being here up until today and uh, getting to reacquaint with Pastor and Sister Boyd in this congregation. And uh, I can truly say that the Boyds are, uh, first of all, real people. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate people that are confident enough and just real and not afraid to be that. I appreciate being in a pulpit in a church with a true apostolic leader and minister. Uh, last week, I was so impressed from the beginning of the service to the end with Sister Amanda. Where, where is she? Sister Amanda. That, that was just tremendous. I don't know where that flyer came from with the people on the jet skis with the suntans and the white cap teeth and all of that. Well, my nephew in Orlando probably passed that out to that kid because he sells <laughs> all of those things. Uh, but, you know, you know, the thing that I really took away from that, we all know that we're living in a crazy world. But how crazy is it that somebody will come in and want to buy a jet ski and doesn't have a clue that he's going to have to pay for it? How many of you have been through the drive through at McDonald's lately and you biggie it and do all the extra stuff and then, oh, I've got to pay for that? But uh, And then today, and then today was no exception. And the ministry of pastor then after... Sister Amanda, and uh, just Im- I was just impacted. And then today, where is Sister Sharon? Who is she? <laughs> I have a feeling that my wife and your wife will probably be in this special place in heaven getting a special reward. I have a feeling. <laughs> Amen. But uh, I, I, I enjoyed your lesson today so much. And uh, all the singing, I could understand it. You know, the older you get, I just had my 66th, 66th birthday. It's even hard to say. But the the older you get, I find myself saying this a lot. I remember when. I remember when. And the other thing I find myself saying is, huh? <laughs> but uh, it it's just it, it's just good to be here. And then and then come onto the sanctuary grounds, and everything is so nice and. The, the parking lot is mowed. It's not everywhere you go that you mow your parking lot. But uh, the parking lot is mowed. The carpet's swept, and everything is so beautiful. You know, some people really don't have a clue how that happens even. You know that? They think, well, it was just a move of the Holy Ghost came in here 
sometime through the week and Saturday, and we come in Sunday and get to enjoy it. God bless all of you that that are a part of making the Apostolic Church what it is. And uh, I, I, I get around, I see a lot, and honestly, I don't go around making judgments or to judge, but you know when you are someplace that uh, genuinely cares and is interested in the kingdom of God and the work of God and, and uh, has an apostolic pastor, uh, I think you folks are blessed and I hope you don't ever take that for granted. You've got an awesome pastor and first lady, tremendous ministry staff, tremendous uh, musicians, and, and a great bunch of folk to sit by. Wonderful, friendly people. It's not everywhere you go that it is like that. We happened into a church not too long ago, and my wife sat down about uh, right about where this brother in the blue shirt and the, and the candy cane tie is, and my wife was sitting there, and a sister came in, and uh, honest to God, she came in and didn't look down at her, just stood beside her. Just stood there, and so, so finally, my wife, being the dear saint that she is, she she finally said, "Sis, you know, can can I help you? Have we met? You know, or what?" She said, "You're in my seat. <laughs> That's where I always sit." <laughs> you know, she didn't say it. I would have said, "Well, excuse me." There are no lucky seats in here, by the way. If you think that you're getting blessed because you just happen to sit in the right seat, there ain't no lucky seats in here. It's just because you come in and put something into it that you get something out of it. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. If you're going to get something out of it, uh, you've got to put something into it. You've got to get in this thing uh, to get something out of it. Uh, If you want a blessing, try praising him. Uh, If you want a miracle, try praising him. Uh, If you want to receive something from God, you've got to put something into it. Amen? So it's just a joy and a privilege and an honor and a delight to be here. It, it really is. And uh, the, the Lord spoke to me not too long ago and, and just kind of relieved me of something and, and impressed me with we don't have to fix everybody's problems. You know, we, we apostolics take a lot on ourselves and we feel like we have to fix everybody. You know, God didn't ask Noah to fix his world. He asked Noah to build a boat. God didn't ask us to come in here and fix Hatchbend or or Brandon, Branford or, or Lake City or your family. God didn't call the apostolics to fix everything. He just asked us to have a boat 
that when people come in, they can feel something uh, that's different uh, than what's out there. Thank God uh, for a church uh, that you can come in and feel the presence uh, and the power and the anointing of God. Thank God for that. We don't have to fix everything, uh, but at least have some place uh, that they can come in and feel hope, uh, that they can come in and feel joy, that they can come in and feel the love of God, uh, that they can come in and feel like it's more than a program, but the power of the living, risen Savior. We just have to prepare a place that'll float. That'll get us out of here. By the way, Jesus is coming. I said, by the way, Jesus is coming. Let me remind us apostolics, Jesus is coming. I recently heard a startling statistic, and that was that over 50% of them that graduate from seminary don't even believe that the Word of God is the absolute truth and Word of God. 50% of those that graduate from seminary don't even believe the book that they are supposedly studying. Not only that, that the least believed subject among religious people is the second coming of the Lord. It is the least believed subject among religious people. Among fundamentalists, among so-called fundamentalist people, the one subject that is talked about less than any other subject, is the coming of the Lord. I would like for you to turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 21, and we'll start at 25. I don't know how far we're going to get into this. We'll go just as far as we need to go. But Luke chapter 21, beginning at verse 25, and there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sun and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Verse 28, and when these things begin, everybody say begin. When these things begin to come to pass, then look up and Lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. The other thing that I was encouraged by last Sunday and yet today were the songs that we are still singing here at Hatchbend Apostolic 
concerning the coming of the Lord. I remember when, there I go, I remember when we used to sing songs like caught up to meet him in the air and believe it or not, we would shout. We would song, sing songs, hokey songs like, oh, I want to see him to look upon his face because there I will sing forever of his saving grace. And we used to shout about the idea that Jesus Christ is coming back again. Notice, notice the scripture said when you see these things Begin. He said, Look up. Look up. Look up. And then he said, Lift up your head. There's a lot of people that are looking up but ain't lifted up their head. It's one thing to look up and it's another thing to think up. Huh? He didn't say just look up. You got to think up. You got to lift up your head. Uh, You've got to get your cerebral cortex uh, involved uh, with your vision and understand uh, not only should we look up, we need to think up. Uh, Hey, friend, uh, God's doing great things uh, amidst his people. Jesus Christ is coming. You may be seated before I quit, before I uh, forget to let you sit down. Notice Jesus said that there would be signs. Signs. He said there would be signs. Everybody say signs. Signs in the sun. He said there would be signs. Signs in the moon. He said there would be signs in the earth. The distress of nations would be a sign. Perplexities uh, in our world, it would be a sign. Seas with waves roaring uh, would be given to us uh, as a sign. Uh, Fearfulness among men, uh, it would be for us uh, a sign. I was driving from Illinois down here and from about Atlanta, from about Atlanta to Tampa, it's no holds barred on I-75. I mean, I-75 is nuts between Atlanta and probably even past Tampa. And, and I've had this thought now for quite some time that, that I believe somehow that, that the way we drive is somewhat indicative of how we live. Because I start looking out my window as people are passing me and I'm thinking, you people are nuts. 18 wheelers, 
whizzing by you, pouring down rain, have to be traveling a, a minimum of 80 miles an hour. Prior to that, they were polishing your back bumper with their front bumper. How many of you have ever driven I-75 and come down through it? You, you know what I'm talking about. But, but I got you feeling like I, I think maybe the way people drive is somehow connected uh, to how people live. Careless. Totally oblivious. I mean, I've seen him on that highway fly by 70 plus miles an hour and they got their gadget going. Now, I've got Bible for you to lay that thing down while you're driving. Do unto others. Love thy neighbor as thyself. That's good enough for me. But, but I'm thinking that the way people drive nowadays, uh, to me, is just indicative of how people are living. Trying to buy a jet ski with no job. <laughs> Driving 80 miles an hour down I-75 and pouring down rain. Uh, texting uh, at the same time. This world is nuts. Careless. No regard to others. And certainly oblivious to the signs. We were downtown Atlanta. Speed limit is 55. I see a car go edgeways up on its side and slammed up against a concrete wall. That don't happen traveling 55 miles an hour. Are we okay? I was passed by a church girl here not too long ago. I don't know if she's from here or not, but I was passed by a church girl. It was obvious she was a church girl. You know what I mean. But, but, boy, it got quiet. <laughs> Y'all do an inventory right now, huh? What's he drive? What's he drive? <laughs> well, I'll just tell you, it's a white GMC Envoy, and it's got Salt Life sticker on the back window. I was the one that looked at you like you are nuts as you went by. But, but, uh, but, but we, we, we are living in a world that I believe, if not careful, if not careful, what, why are we hearing lessons about greed? Why are we hearing lessons about stuff? Why are we singing songs about the coming of the Lord and not getting bogged down in that 20 plus years uh, where you don't have a clue of what's going on uh, in your world? Jesus said, I'm going to give you uh, signs. It behooves us uh, that we understand uh, it's not time uh, to grow oblivious uh, to the signs. Uh, Jesus really is coming. Hakaromoriya <laughs> 
Now, he says, here's the signs. Here's the signs. But he says, not, not only am I going to tell you the signs, he says, I'm going to give you the solution. I'm going to give you the solution. You know, he, he doesn't just tell us it's bad out and then goes off and leaves us. He, he tells us it's bad out, but here's what you need to do. When you need, when you see the perplexities, uh, when you see the world turned upside down, when you see it crazy out there, what you need to do, here's your solution. You need to look up. You need to get an up look about you. You need to get an out look uh, with an up look. Hey, there ought to be something when people come into the house of God about our singing. Uh, there ought to be an upness uh, about us. Uh, there ought to be an upness uh, about our worship and our lifestyle. When you see these things begin, when you see it begin, when you see it begin, I don't know when it started. But I know it's been going on for a while. But Jesus said when you begin to see it unfold uh, like this, start looking up, start looking up, start looking up. Why did he say when it begins to happen, start looking up? Why did he say that? When it begins, you know. I believe the longer you wait, the harder it becomes to get an outlook uh, with an uplook. Uh, I want to get back that something uh, that made us dance as apostolics uh, years ago when we would say Jesus uh, is coming uh, and somebody would let out a war hoop uh, and a hallelujah. I believe it. Uh, Jesus is coming. Glory, hallelujah. Jesus really is coming, coming. Jesus is coming. I, I recently heard an unregenerated news anchor, and I quote, an unregenerated news anchor said this, our world has been turned upside down. Not, not a Holy Ghost filled man, not, not, not a pastor, not, not, a, not, a, not a theologian, not, not an end time preacher, an unregenerated news commentator said, our world is turned upside down. When you were younger and maybe a little bit smaller, did you ever... Have anybody get you down and pick you up by your ankles? Hold you up, side down? Did you ever have that happen? My wife still does that to me. <laughs> Sister Sharon? When you are hanging upside down, it is hard to, number one, focus. 
And the second thing, it's hard to do when you're upside down. It's hard to look up. Our world uh, is struggling, uh, and I dare say even some apostolics uh, that feel like their world uh, has been turned upside uh, down, uh, we need to get an upness about us uh, and do whatever it takes uh, to look up. Jesus Christ is coming uh, again. There's signs and then there's solutions, but it's not that easy. When Satan and the world put you in their crosshairs and unleash their devilish attack against you, it is for the sole single purpose of getting you to drop your heavenly gaze. And the whole idea of an outlook uh, with an uplook. Uh, I would love to, but. Uh, I would love to have revival, but. Uh, I would love to have victory uh, in my soul. Uh, but my world uh, has been turned uh, upside down. Listen to the words of David. Psalms chapter 40 and verse 12. Psalm 40 and verse 12. David said, For innumerable evils have compassed me about. Mine iniquities have taken hold on me so that I am not able to look up. You see, it was bad in his world. To the point that he said innumerable evils have compassed me about. Not only have they surrounded me, but mine iniquities have taken hold. I'm talking to somebody that comes in here week after week. And you feel like your iniquities uh, have taken hold on you to the point, uh, Pastor Boyd, uh, I would love to, but uh, I can't. The things in my life, uh, the things in my world uh, have taken such a hold on me. I would love to, but I can't. I'm not able to look up. Somebody say, I can't. I'm not able. This is how David felt. This is how David felt. Never let how you feel get in the ways of your realities. David felt like he could not Look up. David felt uh, like he couldn't lift his gaze uh, upward because all of the things that were happening uh, in his world. This is how David felt. Four verses later, David says, I'm poor, 
I'm needy, yet the Lord thinketh on me. Now, if that don't roll your socks down, honey, I am at a point. Mine enemies have encamped about me. My troubles have laid hold on me. I would love to look up. I would love to have an upness about me, but I just can't. But then it dawns on David. That's how I feel. But this is what I know. This is what I know. The Lord thinketh on me. You ever been in a brainstorming session? You know, you call one of those meetings and we're just going to brainstorm. We don't know what we're going to do, what, what direction we're going. We're just going to brainstorm. And you come out of that brainstorming session with nothing more than a headache. Just brainstorming. You know, when I think about the fact that God thinks about me, when you think about the reality that God thinks about you, no matter how I feel, I have this consolation. He's thinking about me. No matter who you are, no matter where you've come from, no matter what you've done, Lord even thinks about you, honey. He does. Susan, even you, over there trying to figure out that new computer, he's thinking about you. Hang in there, babe. Hang in there. You'll get it. Which, by the way, I think you overcharged me on that. You need to talk. <laughs> Josh, right here's your woman, right? It must have been the sale of the day because later I came in that day and, and I needed something. They referred to me as the guy with that $750 sale. Josh hadn't heard that yet. <laughs> but, but when I think about the fact that he thinks about me, and knowing God doesn't just brainstorm. Woo! He, he, he doesn't get a headache over my dilemma. He's not just, you know, you, you ever have somebody come up to you at church and shake your hand? I've been, I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about you. You ever have somebody do that come up? And I just want you to know. I just want you to know I've been thinking about you. I always wonder what they've been thinking. You know? Wonder what they've been thinking, thinking about me. You never know. But the Lord does more than just, hey, I've been thinking about you. Uh-uh. He don't stop there. When, when, when God thinks, things happen. 
when God thinks about your dilemma, there is a victory coming. When God begins to think about your demise, there is a deliverance in the making because God does more than just brainstorm. Oh, hallelujah. How many of you remember the first time you came to an apostolic service? You, you, you remember? You remember what you said when you got back into the car with your wife after the service that day? I will never. And it probably went on something like this. Those people are nuts. Come on now, you weren't born on a pew. You had to come from somewhere. But you, you, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you're in one of those services, and everybody's praying, oh, we've got visitors. I hope brother so-and-so doesn't, you know. Sure enough, brother so-and-so, he be doing it all evening long. But, you know, you have, you, have, you have that first impression. And then, <laughs> and then a month later, you be in there doing it right along with them. You're just as nuts about Jesus as they are. <laughs> what, what, what I believe is when people come to our churches, and they get out to the car, they ought to be saying something like this. I don't know what it is, but them folks is up to something. This whole world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere, somewhere beyond the blue. Jesus is coming. And there's, there's a reason Jesus said not only to look up but to lift up your head. There's, there's a reason because the looking up part is the easy part. Everybody look up. See how easy that was? Anybody can do it. <laughs> Even me, I can do it. Even Brother Williams could do that. Sister Sharon. I thought he must be coming to church here for a long time because he'd be knowing everybody's name. I'm thinking, I'm glad he doesn't know my name. He would have called me out. Them folks is up to something. Them folks is up to something. They really are. We are up to something. There is a reason that we are talking about greed, uh, that we are talking about stuff down here. There's a reason uh, that we're talking about the rich man whose ground uh, brought forth plenteous. Uh, and he thought, I know what I'll do. I'll build down my, tear down my old ones and I'll, I'll build me some new ones. 
I mean, you, you can't say the man was lazy. In fact, you can't even say he didn't have vision. He wasn't lazy, and he also had a vision. The only problem was he didn't have an outlook with an uplook. All he had was a horizontal vision. All he could see was his barns. All he could see was what was happening down here. If we're not, if we're not, if we're not careful, we'll get so cumbered by everything that's happening down here that we'll forget we are strangers just passing through. Somebody shout, I'm going up, I'm going up, I'm going up. I'm not just going to look up, I'm going to think up. You know, for you to look up, for you to look up, that, that's just a, a physical, a physical effort. For you to think up, and lift up your head is more about spiritual inclination. Yeah, any, anybody can look up. Which, by the way, anybody can look apostolic. But in order to get that upward look that Jesus is talking about. You've got to do more than just look up. You've got to link up. And not only do you have to link up today at church, uh, you've got to link up tomorrow. You've got to link up Tuesday. You've got to link up Wednesday. You've got to link up every opportunity you have uh, because if you're going to look up, uh, you've got to link up. Remember that old saying we used to have, all dressed up, nowhere to go? All dressed up, nowhere to go. We is all dressed up with somewhere to go. but I don't want to just get all dressed up and not look up, not have an upness uh, about me. Again, Hatchbend Apostolic Church, uh, when they get out there in their car on the way home headed to the headed to the McDonald's or wherever, there ought to be something in them that reflects back uh, and says there is an upness uh, about them. Uh, I love the way they sing. Uh, there's an upness about them. Uh, I love the way they preach. Uh, there's an upness about them. Uh, I like sitting by them. Uh, there is an upness about them. Oh, clap your hands to the Lord and shout to God. Woo! My, 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 my. Hallelujah. I almost forgot where I was at. Is this what you was laughing about? You, you know... You know what? When I'm feeling real ornery, I'll shut her down right there in the sermon, and I'll come over. Are you letting your boy play with this, or is he letting you? 
Wait till I spread that all around the fellowship. <laughs> At least your wife lets you bring toys to church. Sharon won't even let her husband bring them to church. You know everybody's going to want to sit by you next Sunday. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the lucky seats, all them cool toys that mama lets you bring to church. Listen, listen to the rest. Almost, almost forgot what I was doing here. The Lord thinketh on me. This, this is what David knew. How, how he felt was, I'd love to get on the bandwagon with all you apostolics, but I got all this stuff going on in my world, and I can't. I can't. The enemy would love for you to buy into that notion that you can't, uh, that you're saddled with that woe, uh, that you're smitten by that misery, that you're a slave uh, to that issue. Uh, but I've got help and news for somebody today. Uh, if you will dare but look up, uh, Jesus will make a difference in your world. You might think you can't. But there's something I want you to know. The Lord thinketh on you. The Lord thinketh on you and is your help. And is your deliverer. 41 in verse 10. But thou, O Lord, be merciful unto me and raise me up. I got a question. I've got a question. If he raises you up, don't you think you'd probably be looking up about the same time he raising you up? I believe on the day of Pentecost, they were looking up. I, I, I got a feeling when they were all in one place, one accord, there came a sound. From heaven, fill all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them cloven tongues like as a fire. Honey, you want your miracle? I challenge you to look up. Uh, if you want deliverance uh, and the baptism of the Holy Ghost uh, and a renewed joy in your life, uh, I would challenge you to look up. I'm not near finished, but I'm going to quit. I'm going to call the musicians if, they, if they'll come up. I challenge somebody here today to understand this is more than just a physical looking up. But it is a spiritual inclination by which something inside of you hungers and desires more of God. I was just reading this morning. The story of the blind man. Scripture said that they brought a blind man to Jesus that Jesus might touch the blind man. You remember, you remember that story? The Scripture says that he takes the blind man by the hand. 
Now, now you, you could just stop right there and preach 20 or 30 minutes just about the fact that God's not going to be one of these gods in your life that tells you just get out there and get them. He took him by the hand. Took him by the hand. Oh, what a comfort. Oh, what a consolation and reassurance when Jesus takes you by the hand. He doesn't just give you encouraging words and say, go out there and get them. You can do it. Uh Uh-uh. He takes you by the hand. The most unusual thing happens. Jesus separates this man from the crowd. Now, if, if you'll notice, they brought the blind man and they besought Jesus that Jesus would touch the blind man. They were doing all the work. I got a feeling maybe the blind man in the beginning wasn't really all that interested. Oh, yes. There are blind people, there are halt, there are withered, there are maimed, there are poor, there are those that are down and out that are content to be that way. Now, I I don't know. But the scripture says that Jesus takes this man by the hand and leads him out of town. You know why I did that? Have you, have you ever known, anybody ever known a blind person? I, I've, got a, I've got a best friend that is, that is blind, has been for many years. But if you are in his home, if you are in his environment, you would never know that he was blind because he has learned where the doors are at, where the refrigerator, the buttons on the microwave, even learned where all the toys were being held. You'd never know he was a blind man. He had developed this self-sense of security. But Jesus takes him by the hand. And leads him out of town for the sole purpose of that blind man feeling totally dependent upon where he leads. I must follow. You know the rest of the story. Jesus touches the blind man, puts the mud in his eyes, and Ask him what he sees. He said, well, I see men as trees walking. Go ahead, brother, and start playing soft. It'll be easier for me to land. Ask him what he saw. He said, well, I, I, I see men as trees walking. You know what that means? To us, it just means, well, there's certainly been improvement. People come in here and they feel good and your upness rubs off on them for a little while. 
And people feel better for having been to church. I feel better. I, I see men as trees walking. But Jesus is thinking, no, we're not going to leave it there with just improvement. And the scripture said he touched him again. Only this time, when he touched him, the scripture said he made him look up. Now, not for a minute will the Lord ever make anybody do anything. The Lord did not make him look up. The Lord doesn't do it that way. The word there meant required. The original word was rendering, if we're going to have this miracle, it's going to be required that you look heavenward. I will look to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. Apostolics, never let us forget. We've got to keep an outlook with an up look. We've got to keep that ever present in our minds and in our hearts. This world is not our home. We're just passing uh, through. And that's exciting to us. That's exciting to me to know that Jesus is coming. Let's stand uh, to our feet. Let's clap our hands uh, to the Lord uh, and give Jesus a shout of praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Oh, hallelujah, God. Give us an up look. Give us an up look. Give us an up look. And before, before, we, before we go there, and that's a good one, that's a good one. Oh, 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 I want to see him. There's a place in the Bible that it tells us that we're supposed to encourage one another with these words. Now, here's the problem. If we don't have any treasure laid up over yonder, it's hard to encourage anybody with the idea of going over yonder. It gets back to that word I heard last Sunday about priorities. 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 You know why we are hearing these lessons and being reminded again, I believe that Jesus really is coming soon. Yeah, you ever, you ever just get up some morning and, and for some reason you just can't get with it? You just feel out of sorts and just kind of goofy all over? Yeah, and, and you, you know, you go to work and it just, eh, you know, you just can't quite get in the groove. Did you ever stop to think maybe, just maybe that's the Lord reminding you you're not supposed to feel all cool and groovy down here. We are so journeyers. 
We're not supposed to feel comfortable down here. Last couple of weeks, I, I've been hearing this said. Uh, I've heard it many, many times about happy, being happy, being happy. You know, well, you need to be happy. You need to do what makes you happy. You need to do what makes you happy. Where did we ever get that? And I had heard that till I was full up to about here. And I heard it again. And I said, let me ask you this. How many people do you know that are just happy? I'm, I'm sorry, but I, had, I, I don't know very many. I know some content people. I know some satisfied people. I know some people that have, have learned how to be content with what, what they've got. Yeah. But as far as happy, you don't, you don't come to church. Say, Pastor, make me happy. You don't go to the doctor. Doctor, make me happy. Make me happy. Make me happy. No, you're there to get well. This place is not about making you happy, getting you happy. It's about getting you well. And if you want to get well, you've got to get an up look about you uh, and be willing to understand he will deliver. He does think about me. He does love me. He does understand uh, where I'm at and who I'm at, who I am and how to get me where I need to go. We we used to sing this song. We used to sing this song. It's amazing what praising can do. You remember that one? I remember when. Well, I don't worry when things go wrong. I always went quiet on that part. Because I'd be biting my fingernails off to the elbow when things start going wrong. Don't look at me like that. You're the same way. You're the same way, but it still is amazing <laughs> what praising will do. Even when you're worried and chewing your fingernails off to the elbow and trying to buy that jet ski without a job, it's amazing what praising will do. And to adequately praise, you've got to lift up your heads. Oh, your gates and be lifted up. Oh, your people and the king of glory shall come in. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.